You're now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. pause and say that I'm reading out of the New King James Version, which translations are the same as the King James. We don't want to just read any kind of Bible because some Bibles seek to change or to alter God's word. So many people don't realize they say, well, I like the way that sounds. Well, it may sound good to you, but it may have taken away from what God wanted us to have. And so you just can't be in a bookstore anywhere online and you just reading anything because it sounds good. You got to really understand the word. You got to really be led by the Holy Spirit because understand folk who are anti-God, anti-word have also taken the time to write Bibles to where they are taking out certain things that they don't want in the Bible. Come on, somebody. Let me start over based upon all that. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods, lowercase g, which your father served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods, lowercase g, of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Notice what Joshua said. He said, but as for me and my house. Now, he can't really say this unless he has had a talk with his house. Come on. And like it or not, there are times that you got to set your house in order. And so, again, Joshua has spoken with his house. And the wonderful thing about it is that the text implies that after speaking to his house, there were no division about serving God. But you see that Joshua said, as for me and my house, the next two words are important. He said, we will. We will serve the Lord. And so when it came to Joshua and his house, they were united when it came to serving the Lord. The word here for Lord is the Hebrew word, Yehovah. But I want you to see in Joshua and his house, being united, one particular thing we're concerned about this morning is in reference to serving the Lord. They're united in serving the Lord. And so based upon that, I want to speak from the subject, a united house. I want to talk about a united house. If you don't mind, look at your neighbor and just tell your neighbor the subject this morning a united house and if it be true tell somebody when it comes to me i want to be a part of a house that's united and if it be true tell tell that person i'm done with being a part of a divided house and let's give god a praise for the subject a united house come on let's stretch our blessed hands wide and Thank him for the word, a united house. Of course, we have been dealing with family month. 
in the month of June. And God has been sending us revelation to help get our house in order. And so notice when it comes to Joshua, in Joshua 24 and 15, he addresses the Israelites. And he says this to them. Notice the wording carefully. He said, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord. Notice, Joshua already knows that it's not evil. But he does recognize that when it comes to some of God's folk, it may seem evil to them. And so as the leader, not only of his house, but as the leader of the nation of Israel, it becomes Joshua's job to straighten God's people. Oh, I knew I said I wasn't going to get many amen with that. It becomes Joshua's job as the leader to straighten God's people. And, and see, that's the reason God can't make everybody a leader. Come on. Because some folk, they, they all into being liked. They're all into having folk like what it is that they have to say. But can I be honest this morning? If you are a bona fide leader, whether in the church or outside of the church, part of leading is having to come before the folk that you lead and straighten them. Oh, come on. I said and check them. Put them in check. Call them to the carpet. I wonder, have you ever heard that saying, we got to call you to the carpet. But see, a weak leader can't do this. Because a weak leader will always fear who he or she is going to offend so they can't do the right thing. That's the reason God is careful. He is selective about choosing his leaders. Because if you're going to be God's leader, you got to understand above all that I belong to God. And if God tells me to utter something, if he says to me, say it, then I'm going to say it even if it upset the folk that I live with. If I got to come out of prayer and get in my house things that are wrong, it's my responsibility to get I'm right. I am the man. I am the head. I am the leader. The one responsible for things that go down up in here. Are you with me? And that also is my job when it comes to the church. And so here Joshua is saying to the Israelites, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, then choose whom you will serve. Let's deal with this seems evil. Because God folks a change. Sometimes God's people get to tripping. Listen, on God. Oh, you know church folk can trip sometimes. You know people can change for the worse sometimes. Oh, I need to break that down. You know how folks will be in the church when everything is wonderful. They are cooperative. They love the Lord. They love praising the Lord. They love serving the Lord. But the moment trials hit, the moment trouble hit, they sometimes will change for the worse. And all of a sudden, they won't be down with this church stuff anymore. And so he said, if it seems evil, let's deal with this. He's talking about three things. Number one... He's saying to them, if it seems to be unprofitable to you to serve the Lord, then choose who you're going to serve. 
Because, see, sadly, everybody don't see it as beneficial to serve him. So he's saying to them, if you think it's unprofitable, if you think it is, number two, not beneficial, if you think it's not helping you, then choose who you gonna, who you gonna serve. See, I know without a shadow of a doubt that serving God has not only helped me in time past, serving God is helping me right now. I'm going through stuff right now, but serving God, being loyal, devoted, committed to Him, it helps me with my problems. Come on, to the point to where I would not want to live without God. Whoa, I gotta drop one on y'all. I don't understand church folk who say stupid stuff like it's boring being saved. It's boring being in the church. I don't know what God you serving cause I'm having the time of my life living right and enjoying life. Don't you ever look at me and think that I don't enjoy life. Don't you ever mistake me for being a boring person. I may not do some of the things you do. I may not like some of the things you like. You may not like some of the things I like. But when it comes to enjoying life, ain't no sinner going to enjoy life more than me. Not the earth that the God that I serve created. Oh, I'm dropping too much heavy stuff on y'all. How are we going to be as saints serving the God who owns everything? Yet we don't have any of the things that he created for us to enjoy. See, I got educated years ago. God created this stuff for us to enjoy life. Not for us to allow it to master us, but he do want us to enjoy life. You ought to give him a praise off that right now. Because he wants you to enjoy life. You don't be in no church talking about you bored. I had more fun in the club. You're talking out the side of your neck. That was a saying we had in the 80s and 90s. When a person was talking crazy. Talk, you're talking out the side of your, your neck. Some of y'all young folk can bring it back if you want to. Finally. When your friend get the trip, they tell you, you're talking out the side of your neck. He goes, what, 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 what that mean? Finally, if it seems evil. He's saying to them, if it seems like you are wasting your time, then choose whom you will serve. And see, when you really think about how good God had been to these folk in the text, and yet the man of God has to say to them, if y'all think serving Jehovah, if you think you're wasting your time, woo! if you think there's something better that could be done with your time, then by all means, do it. Are you with me? Because see, a real leader will never beg anybody to serve God. Not a real leader. If your leader begging you to serve God, something wrong with that leader. Because God ain't begging nobody to serve him. He ain't chasing nobody to serve. He ain't twisting. Oh, come on. Come on, somebody. He ain't twisting nobody on. 
to live holy. Am I right about it? But notice what he said. He says to them, if it seems evil, choose. Choose. The power of choice. If y'all don't want to be here, uh uh-oh, don't come. See, just like Joshua had to be bold, the only way to preach this message this morning, did I have to walk in that same boldness. I ain't at nobody. Come on. But if you don't want to be here, you shouldn't be here. Watch this. You can't be here for nobody else. Well, Pastor, I'm here because my spouse here. That's the wrong answer. That's the wrong answer. Because if you're here just because your spouse here, then your spouse is your God. That's who you serve. Because if your spouse get crazy and leave, you're walking right behind them. Because the only reason you was here, woo, if you're here because your family here, you can see your family after church. You can see your family at Golden Corral. You can meet your family. I'm here because mama and them here. Well, look, when you reach a certain age, you need to be here for yourself. I come to church for myself. I don't get up and ask Donna, is she coming? This ain't no partnership when it comes to God. He said, work out your own soul salvation. The only time you can come to church is when somebody else comes. You better watch yourself. Now, if I get up in the morning and get dressed and start moving and she ain't getting dressed, you know I'll be here. You see how I said that? I ain't playing. I'll be here. And I'll do what I need to do. But as soon as I get home, I know it's something I got to deal with. When that seat is empty for no reason. That's something I got to deal with. I can't be no man scared of my wife. I got to deal with that. So when it comes to choosing... Number one, this is what he's saying to them. And this is what God's saying to some of y'all. You have options. Woo! You have alternatives. You have available possibilities. Woo! Is he not laying it down? Y'all know good and well, if folks are the same as they are today, back then, and there's nothing new, under the sun. Come on. You know folk were rolling their eyes at Joshua. <laughs> Who do he think he is? Hmm. I may not come back here no more. But see, listen. Listen. Before you leave, you're going to get some truth today. I said, you're going to get some truth. And it's amazing how when you get in a real church, a Holy Ghost filled church. When you hear from an anointed preacher, you may decide not to come here, but that word is going to deal with you. That word is going to be on your mind. Why? That came from God. 
you have alternative. You have available possibility. Listen, until we mature and we decide that when it comes to me, there's only one option. And that is to serve Jehovah. Listen, the supreme God, the most high God, the creator of all things, the supreme ruler. Every other option, listen to me carefully, through time, I have removed off the table. Notice what I said, through time. You don't arrive here and just say, hey, everything's off the table. It's just God. No, 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 no. You, you, you got to get to that place. Because like it or not, when we first get saved, there are still some options on, on the table. And sometimes we're wrestling back and forth. Y'all know I'm preaching truth. When I first got saved, I was still struggling with women. And it took me some time to take that option off the table. I'm, I'm just preaching about me. Ain't no need to look at it, Donald. This is my story. Come on. She knew they was on the table. Now she was sneaky herself. So ain't no telling what was on her table. I just know what was on my table. That took me some time. Gambling. I would wrestle with it in my mind. It was an option. Listen, I never did it, but I wrestled with it. How, Pastor? Because I was broke. We needed money. And I knew in time past that the dice had done the trick. It had paid the mortgage. Y'all don't, y'all don't like, some, some of you don't like real preaching. You, you want me to sit here and tell you I was born saved at the age of two speaking in tongues. It ain't so. It ain't so. Then certain things was on the table. Y'all better listen to me. When I was upset, options appeared when people angered me. Anybody ever been there? When things didn't go my way. Now what wasn't on the table now appears on the table. Hard trials. Being betrayed by people you've been good to only to be rewarded with evil. Here's an option on the table. To be revengeful. To get in myself. But see only when you mature. Can you have the mentality. That I have removed the options. There's one for me. Now everybody ain't like that. There's one for me. And I got to serve him. Do you hear me? Now notice what he says to them. Y'all hang in here. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorite, lowercase g. Notice, gods is, is plural. Because some in Israel, like some today, in the false church, have become polytheistic. 
Listen, this word is important. What is it to be polytheistic? It is the belief in of the worship of more than one God. And see, that's where the false church is at right now. The false church wants to worship God on Sunday morning. But they go worship the NFL around noon. Come on. And see, Joshua knew that they had become polytheistic. Did y'all hear what I said? The belief in or the worshiping of more than one God. And you can tell that some in the church have gotten weak because there is no backlash given to people who claim that you can worship many gods. In comes Oprah. Oprah believes in the worship of many gods. Believes that there is multiple ways to heaven or the Father. Well, see, that ain't what's sad. When she is in the presence of so-called men of God, they don't challenge her. Come on. They don't remain monotheistic. That's what the true church is. We, we monotheistic. One God. One God. But see, there are churches that are polytheistic. And people talk about, oh, he got a large crowd. There's a reason Joel Osteen keeps a large crowd. Because within his large crowds are people who serve different gods. He knows it so he himself will not commit to their being one way to. Why? He don't want to disrupt his congregation. See, he have folk worship this God. He have folk worship this God. He have folk that worship that God. Some of you don't like me right now because you listen to it. But see, he is not an anointed preacher. He is a motivational speaker. He will not break down the oracles of the word because he might offend somebody. Known for starting his services with jokes or lies. Want to get folk real comfortable. See, it takes something to be a real preacher. Therefore, they don't come to this church because they know the word that comes. It's going to cause them to live something in the church and outside of the church. Now, am I saying everybody here is living it in and outside the church? No. I know better. I've been around too long. Quiet audience here. Do I think all parents' house run the way it needs to run? No. No, some of them ain't got boldness to do it. They ain't got boldness to do it. My children will tell you, growing up, they didn't play certain music in the house when I was there. Now, what they did when I wasn't there, they have been forgiven for. 
but play it and I hear it. And I'm supposed to act like I, I don't. Can't do it. See, see, he said, if, if it seems evil, choose. Choose who you're going to serve. You just got to make a choice. Serve. Let's deal with serve. Number one, he wants them to understand who you going to worship. To serve also is to do work for or unto another. Who you going to do work for? Who you going to labor for? So it wasn't no good and well before we got saved. We labored for the devil by way of demons. See, I got about five or six amen folk who going to be real. We done some devilish stuff. Come on, somebody. We done some straight up evil mess. And listen, and many of us weren't ignorant. We knew demons were using us. Ain't no way the things I've done in my past, I can claim that God had anything to do with any of that. I knew demons was using me. I knew I was possessed by demons. It was my lifestyle. And here's the thing about it. And I love doing what I did. But see, to do work for or unto another. Look at your neighbor and say, this boils down to serving, being, enslavement. You know the problem with a lot of saints? They're not slaves. They still belong to themselves. But see, when you become a slave, you render obedience to your master. Listen, without grumbling or complaining. And your master will test your commitment. Come on. By asking you to do things that he knows you really don't want to do. You know, when a sister in the church lifts her hand and says, Lord, to you I belong. I'm not my own. Have your way in me, Lord. See, then he says, okay, I'm going to test. I'm going to try you to see if you really slave. See, everybody wants Jesus, who is Lord, who is Yeshua. Everybody wants him to be Savior. You know that a whole lot of folk don't have a problem with God being Savior? What Savior mean? Help me. Deliver me. Rescue me. Good teaching right here. This old school teaching. The problem folk have a, a problem with, or the part they have a problem with, is that Lord stuff. Because Lord means master. I save you, but you do what I tell you. I help you, but you do what I want you to do above, watch this, what you want to do. And see, Joshua knew they had reached a place where they still wanted to worship Jehovah. But they had also fell in love with this Baal worship. 
See, they have been enticed to things that they should have been exposed to. And see, that's the problem with sin. When you get exposed to something and it gets in your system and it possesses you, And see, it be clear to some of us when God say give. But you got your own plans. And he'll do it. He'll do it. He'll know you got certain money. He'll know, he'll know what you done planning to do with it. He said, go ahead and give me that. Go ahead and render that unto me. I know you're sleepy, but come talk to me. Worship. I know you're tired, but praise me. I know your head pounded, migraine, soul to the touch. Get up on your feet and glorify me. Magnify me like ain't nothing wrong with you. Am I making it real enough? See, see, now you about to see if you really slave. Can y'all say some more? Can y'all take some more? A little bit more. It's just holiness preaching. That's all it is. Holiness. Holiness. And see, if you ain't heard, it's holiness. Well, hey. Now, holiness mean we perfect? No. Y'all know we mess up. I say, y'all know we mess up sometimes. You know we say what we shouldn't say, do what we shouldn't do. But when you slave, you quick to get that right. Look at Deuteronomy. Look at Deuteronomy. Woo! I got some folks looking at me like, I ain't heard this. I have not heard this. What this be that he talking about? Hang in here a little bit longer. We're going to break it down. We're going to break it down. Notice, notice Deuteronomy 10. If y'all can, please go to the scripture so you can see that this Bible. Deuteronomy 10, notice verse 12. Now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? If you was in Joshua, I hear do a flip back. I hear pages turning. Deuteronomy 10, fifth book of the Bible. Deuteronomy 10, 12. And now Israel, God's people, what does the Lord your God require of you? See, God required things of us. Come on. I heard one preacher say salvation is free, but it ain't cheap. Did y'all catch that? I heard a preacher say salvation is free, but it ain't cheap. He requires something of us. As a pastor, he requires something of me. As an usher, he requires something of you. As a leader, he requires something of you. As a youth leader, he's requiring something. Minister, deacon, he's requiring something. Sound man, he's requiring something of you. Can't be no sound man, get to church late all the time. You got to be here early to check the sound. Can't be no musician always hopping up on stage late. Can't be on the praise scene the only time you practice and sing is when you get on stage. He requiring something. Come on. More to being a first lady than just looking pretty. He requiring something. 
Lord have mercy. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord, respect him, honor him. To walk in, look at here, all his ways, not some of his ways. To love him. Love is equated by obedience. No notice there. To serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your what? When we serve the Lord, we do so wholeheartedly. Listen to me. With, listen, complete. No, listen. With complete sincerity and commitment I'm more committed to God than I am my family hold on I don't forsake my family because through my commitment to God I'm able to bless my family come on but I don't have a greater commitment to anything more so than God I'm not more committed to Donna than I am God. And when you serve him wholeheartedly, you are sincere. Listen to me. This word sincere has to do with you taking your service to God seriously. Now, what is God doing through the message? Because we, we're talking about a united house. He's getting all of us on the same page. This ring teaching is important. It's hard to get folk on the same page hooping. Because you got some running, jumping, so they ain't even hearing. But see, teaching comes to unite us. You got some on this page, you got some on that page, and then you got some ain't even open the book. They ain't on no page. Teaching comes to get us on the same page. The way it is at the church, that's how I got to be at your house. Somebody got to do some teaching at the house. Somebody got to do some instructing to get everybody on the what? On the same page. Uh, are y'all feeling me? Because sometimes you got to get a person, and sometimes in our house or homes, a person may not mean harm, but nobody's told them. How you expect your children to get on the same page with you, dad and mama, and y'all never teach them? If they don't know the vision of the house, why are you always yelling at them for doing contrary to the vision which has not been written nor made plain? But you always yelling on the whoop and beat. But you don't want to take time to teach. Teach and set things straight. Teach and show people where they're wrong. So before I whoop you, before I yell at you, let me at least teach you. So that as a pastor, if I have to call you an officer of the leader and I'm upset with something that you've done, at least I know you've been taught. Come on. Where we at? But notice he said, serve him wholeheartedly. Notice, go back. I finished that. Go back to Joshua 24. Watch this. Now, in Deuteronomy 10, y'all hanging here. I'm almost done. In Deuteronomy 10 and 12, that was Moses speaking. That was Mo Moses was still alive. By the time we get to Joshua 24, Moses is dead. But I want to show you something. Notice Joshua 24, 14. See, if you love the word, you love teaching. Joshua 24, 14. Notice this. Don't go nowhere. Y'all hang in here. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Remember, in Deuteronomy 10, Moses was speaking. Moses died 
God raised up Joshua to take his place. Now watch this. Watch how Moses and Joshua was on the same page. See, if I'm your pastor, I can't be teaching and living one thing. You're a leader, a member of the church. You teaching and living something different. That, that ain't right. Come on. If you don't agree with the teaching, by all means, sit down as a leader. Keep coming to church, but you shouldn't be leading. Well, I know what pastor say, but to tell you the truth, I disagree with what pastor. Hold on. Now, pastor preaching Bible, you disagree? Come on now. Now, 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 now I think catfish got a wild taste to it. I don't like the taste. I think it's got a wild taste to it. That's me. Now, if you leave out here and say, look, I don't care what pastor say, I'll tear up some catfish. I ain't never tasting that in a while. Now, are you in trouble? No, you good. We got different what? We got different taste buds. Are you with me? But to be going against the word. No, something wrong with that. 24 and 14. And I had to deal with that in the church. Where people are secretly saying other things. No, that ain't right. And if you listen to them, guess what? You ain't right. Once you know a leader disagrees with doctrine, sound doctrine in the church, you need to let somebody know about that leader immediately. Joshua 24, 14, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in, look at here, sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. Notice how just like Moses wanted people to be serious about serving God. Now here's Joshua on the same page with Moses and he won't fault to be serious about serving God. Now if I'm God's man, why I'm going to come before y'all and act like y'all can take it like a joke? I should also want y'all to be serious about what? Serving the Lord. Right? That shows you that I am... God's man. If you say, well, pastor really don't care if we serve God or not, then you know you got a false pastor. You know pastor ain't genuine. Woo, good God almighty. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Notice Psalm 100. Oh, notice Psalm 100. We laboring. Psalm 100. I'm doing it in good time, believe it or not. Psalm 100. Yes, I am. Psalm 100. Now notice this, notice this, it's going to get serious. It's going to get serious. Psalm 100 and verse 2. Some of you know where I'm going. Psalm 100 and verse 2. Y'all there? Biggest book of the Bible. Psalm 100 verse 2. Notice what the psalmist said. Serve the Lord with what? Serve the Lord with what? Come before his presence with what? That when we serve him, if we're going to be a united house on the same page, on one accord, together, then we serve him with you finish it. Shout it to him. Shout it to him. Tell your name what you do for God, you do it with. Shout the answer. With what? With what? Is that what I believe or is that Bible? Before we go any further. Is that Bible? Pastor don't know. I'm I'm battling today. Don't care. Well, I care. Oh, have mercy. Please don't. (laughs) 
I don't leave today. You heard it. You heard it for yourself. Said he don't care about us. Now, I care, but battling in your body is never an excuse not to serve with gladness. You went to the club battling in your body. There are brothers in here fornicated with a broke arm. In a cast. Still getting you some. I kept it clean. I said, you still getting you some. Arm in a cast. <laughs> some brother, they just look back at they say, oh. <laughs> Listen, this is what's important. See, when I keep talking about, when I keep talking about serving the Lord, a lot of people keep thinking church only. But see, you don't just serve him in church. Listen, whatever is connected to God, whether it be in church or outside the church, if God got anything to do with it, you do what you do with gladness because it's connected to God. Woo! Bring it on home, Pastor. That means your job, if it came from God, you shouldn't be at work sad all the time. You shouldn't be the biggest complainer on your job. Not if God gave you that job. You should do it with... Because you say, God gave me this. Until he moved me farther. I'm going to do what I do with gladness because I serve this job or work this job as unto the Lord because he gave it to me. If he gave you a business, you do your business, you operate with gladness, you should have joy to be doing what you do. Listen, don't clap. See, it's connected to God. How do we serve him? With gladness. Is serving God limited to inside the church? No. Years ago, my father-in-law died. And God spoke to me. He said, always cut your mother-in-law grass. Treat it like your own. And so now I take care of her yard, and I never charge her for anything that I do because I don't charge myself. It come, I pay for it. Well, I don't pay myself at the house. I just do it. I buy lights, mulch. Killing weeds, whatever I do. And if I can't do something, I got to hire somebody, that come out my pocket. Listen, I wouldn't allow her to pay me. If she offered to pay me, I would tell her, you take the money and do something for yourself. God told me to do this. And listen, when it's 100 degrees outside and she come outside or another relative come, I'm out there cutting, I'm out there serving with gladness. Why? That's what God told me to do. Come on. I said, that's what he told. Listen, I go cut her mama yard and do it right, even when I'm mad at her. See, I just said something then. Yeah, some of y'all going to have to go back and listen to this teaching. It's it, it better than what you think. See, I get upset with her. But that ain't got nothing to do with how I serve God. I got to get over here and cut this grass. Because this is what God told me to do. Be a blessing to my mother-in-law. Now, in doing it, for years I had a heart desire of a certain lawnmower I wanted. Guess what God did? He blessed me with that lawnmower. Don't clap. You'll show me up. 
almost $9,000. I paid cash for it. Listen, I owed just a little couple of hundred dollars and put it on the card to get some points and, you know, all this, that, and that, paid it right back off. But here's the thing. He blessed me with that. I have no doubt, Deacon Johnson, he blessed me to get that because he saw me serving with gladness. Listen, when other people didn't see me. See, listen, listen. He saw me taking seriously my commitment to make her yard look good. When I went to get the more, I went right to the place. I've been walking in all the time, looking at it, buying other things, weed trimming, all this. You work in the yard, you know what I'm talking about. Just looking at the lawnmower. Then I came in there. I said, hey. I said, this day different. <laughs> I said, I'm ready to get it. He said, come on. He said, we got one. Then I went over there. And I wait a minute. I, I said, this ain't the right price. I said, I was in here last week. I said, this thing that went up $500 I said, last week. He said, that's right. The price jumped. Everything going up. No, people telling you that now. Everywhere you go somewhere, people tell you, everything going up. And, and listen, it hit me. It hit me in the gut. Oh, it hit me. That ain't right. Ooh. I had the money. God said, that ain't right. I got to call the people. I said, you got such a long more. Yeah, we got how much? Bang. Extra 500. God said, call so-and-so. Do y'all got such and such Yeah, we got it. What's your price on? Such and such and such. I said, that's the original. I said, I'm on the way right now. I'll be there to get it. Listen, you laughing. That's God. That's my commitment to serve. That's mean I don't worry about being blessed. I am sure enough blessed because of how I serve. Some of you, you shortchanging yourself. The way you serve God. You ought to be ashamed. And that's the reason he ain't doing certain things for you because you ain't serving him with gladness. I'm in the clothes. We went out to eat yesterday. Needed a refill on drinks. I'm waiting on the server. She needed a refill. I said, you need a refill. I'm looking around. They say, I know I see a woman walking, I'll serve her, walking with her pocketbook, uh-uh, out the, out the, I said, darling, I said, that go, I'll serve her. We kept sitting there. I said, y'all know how I do, if you got a uniform on, you work there. I said, we need a refill. I said, I think I'll wait and left. She said, let me check. She said, I'll get you what you need. Got it. But didn't have a good attitude about it. Got it. Somebody else came from the bar. Got this. Other people getting it. I told her, I said, what's going on? One woman came. I said, look, I said, we done ate. I said, we just need a dessert. I said, I'm waiting on the dessert. She said, I'll get it. Got the dessert. Now, men come to the table. I said, what's going on? Nice restaurant now. I said, what's going on? I said, man, we got multiple people serving us. I said, we really trying to, you know, figure out what's going on. We got a dessert coming. He said, let me tell you what happened. He said, we had two people just walk out today. Listen to him. I love his attitude. He said, but that's neither here or there. I'm here to serve you with gladness. And he said, and I said, okay. I said, but this is my wife's birthday. I said, we got the cake. He said, hold up. He said, let me get you a candle for that cake. 
Now, now when he paused, when I told him, I said, it's her birthday. He said, well, let me, I thought he was going to say, let us come sing. I was like, devil is a lot. Don't come to this table. Don't y'all come over here. But he said, no, I'm going to get you a candle. I said, that'll work perfectly. I'm setting this thing up. Only thing I missed, and I confess it, I didn't sing happy birthday to her. I should have did it. I can't, I can't take it back. But he get the candle. He light it up. We eat. We have a good time. It's time to go. He done one thing for us. And I did the thing. He wasn't expecting no tip because he only done one thing. Woo! But the one thing he done, he done it with gladness. I said, here you a tip. He said, wow, thank you. I didn't tip him for the time he served. I tipped him because of how he served. And see, you never know when God is setting you up. Yeah, brother Bo, sister Lisa, I know how y'all serve the man and the woman of God. Yeah, I know. Folks say you shouldn't get a house. Folks say you shouldn't move now. But I know that you do what you do with joy. I'm about to go preaching up in here on y'all. That man had to walk away and say, wow, you never know who you serve. You never do your job right. Why is that important? Go to Psalm 37. I'm close. Go to Psalm 37. Why is that important? See, he was delighted to serve us. And see, you know what they also taught me? You don't get distracted by what's happening around you. You just keep serving. See, he didn't let the fact that two people walked out cause him to get a bad attitude. He told us, hey, I'm here. Some folk be in the church serving, they let who leaving, who coming, who sitting down, who ain't showing up, who don't want to do it. You let all that negativity get in your spirit. No, you serve with glad. I know why certain folk in this church are blessed. I know how they serve God. Psalm 37. Because gladness also has to do with delight. Oh God. Psalm 37. And notice this. Verse number 4. Oh, I'm in Job 37. Y'all better wait. Psalm 37. I'm coming, y'all. Hold on. I done got excited. Psalm 37. Verse 4. Some of y'all already know where I'm going. Check it out. Psalm 34. And verse number 4. Psalm 37. 4. Delight yourself. Also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your what? Tell your neighbor, serve the Lord with gladness, and he will give you the desire of your heart. You better shout him and shout, that's Bible. Shout to somebody, that's Bible. That's B-I-B-L-E, that is Bible. That means put a period on it. When you go back to Joshua, the Bible talks about how he died, a servant of the Lord, an Ebed. He stayed the course. 
When you look at Joshua and the Israelites at this particular time, they were tremendously blessed. Bible talks about when Joshua died, I believe at 110, the Bible say they buried him in the land of his inheritance in the mountains. Listen, that means because Joshua got his house right, because his house was united serving God, what God gave Joshua, that being a good land, all the days of Joshua, all the days of the elders who served Joshua, nobody was able to run them out of that land because God gave it to him because he liked how he served him. And let me tell you something. When you start serving God wholeheartedly, when as a church, we unite when it comes to serving God. Let your family members know, serve notice on friends and everybody. When it comes to my church, we take seriously serving God. Let it be known about your house. Hey, we take seriously serving God. And he will give you. Do you hear me? There are things I got right now. I know I have it. I know I possess it because of how I serve God. I don't let nothing distract me. I teach and preach like a man on fire. Listen, when this sanctuary is crowded, but some of y'all know when it gets thin, I come out here, y'all are witness to it, and I teach and preach with the same passion. Is that right? I'm done. Let's give God a praise. I want us to be a united house. Woo, that word just. Ooh, listen to me. Some people ain't going to like this, but this is true what I'm about to say. When you look at people's service to God, their commitment, when you look post-COVID, pre-COVID, post-COVID, there were just a lot of people who just lost their passion for church, for serving. And I know post-COVID, a lot of things change. People's job, literally, they work at a different place. Some folk hours change, how they work changes. Folk businesses, how they do it and when they do it, change. A lot of things change post-COVID. We recognize it. But to allow the way we serve him to diminish, that's sad. Post-COVID, a lot of folk not even in church anymore. They got so accustomed to not serving and not even going to church. That when the doors open back up, a lot of folk were ready to come. But a lot of people had got real comfortable. And they never returned. See, it was at that moment that it seemed evil to them. And you got a lot of people out here, they say stuff like, well, you know what? I'm still doing good. I'm doing better and I ain't even in church. I'm happy this, that, and other taking place. But see, I come to tell you, God going to serve judgment on people who half-heartedly serve him. Anybody who puts anything before God, they're headed for a downfall. And you're going to know that God ain't happy with you. See, I had an awesome assignment today. I want this house to stay united. Anything y'all see me do, 
around the church. It ain't just preaching. Brother Ford, Deacon Hill, Brother Willie, Brother Bo, my wife, they'll see me working around the yard. They don't see me when they pull up on my like, man, I'm so, man, I'm tired, I'm sick of doing. They, they never see me do that. I serve him with passion. I'd be happy to serve in his yard. You ought to be happy to work at God's door. If you are not, you stop working now. We'll raise up some urchins. Don't you ever stand at God's door like, oh, I'm so sick. You don't want to sing? We got six and seven up here now. We may go down to two. If them two decide, hey. Because I'm tired of all this singing. My voice sore. I'm going to be forced. <laughs> to come out here. With passion. And sing. To the glory of God. And I might in but one or two songs. That I know how to stay on beat with. And they are very old. If the musicians don't want to play no more, then we'll go back to tracks. They'll sing the tracks. If Minister Shamar don't want to teach the youth, he don't need to be down now. If the deacon don't want to stay back and count the money because they want to leave when everybody else leaves, you going to count the money. <laughs> and y'all should say, if pastor don't want to preach, God going to get us a preacher up in here. If he high mind and just want to ride around looking good, shopping, vacationing, God going to get us a preacher up in here. If Brother Bo don't want to serve me, look at him. Now, look what can be done. I told my own bow. I told my own bow. That go for whatever you do in the church. But I'm going to say this and quit. I hope y'all come to a place in your life that I came to. And it's real simple. It ain't nothing just profound. I owe it. I owe it more than I could ever pay. I ain't talking about no Porsche. No BMW. I ain't talking about no 5,000 square foot home. Salvation. I owe him, Deacon Hill. When you see me come out here, God going to raise you up in that deacon's office. You got to have my spirit. You got to know why I do what I do. I owe it. It ain't about you. 
It ain't about you. It ain't about you. It ain't about you. I owe him. I ain't looking for the biggest church at noon. I want members. Young, old. I want folk to come join this church with one mindset. Pastor, I owe it. What need to be done around here? What can I put my hands to? What can I do? I didn't start off preaching. I started out cleaning up the church. I went from cleaning up the church to ushering. I went from ushering to doing devotional. Yes, I said it, devotional. Yes, Sister Bowles, me, devotional. Mr. Gamble's a witness. My grandma was a witness. Mother Carpenter was a witness. Devotion. I went from devotion to being, they didn't even make me a deacon. They made me something I never heard of to that point. They said, you a junior deacon. <laughs> I went from a junior deacon to an evangelist. Mother Carpenter tell you, I used to be sitting in the pulpit with the ministers. And somebody mess up one of the bathrooms. This is what the urchins would do. minister seat and I went and cleaned up the bathroom it ain't too much with church that I hadn't done and I got a track record that everything I did I did it with gladness now folk come they see God raising me up they see pastor they see prophet but y'all I always been the same person recognizing I owe it Things going to change this day forward in this church. Leaders, if you need help, you need to get with us. There are people that want to serve. There are people like me, you know you owe it. That's who I want working in this church, people who feel like they owe God. I don't care how gifted and talented you is, I'm putting you on notice today. If you don't serve like you owe him, I don't want you serving. I want you to sit down as of today, and I want you to get yourself together. Until you do what you do in this church. Because you owe God and you do it with gladness. Do we understand? That's everybody. I don't need no tattletales. Come telling me everything. No. Just Carolina and them down there with them children. Sacrifice. We need more women. Gifted to work with children, willing to sacrifice. And if Carolina, Sister Carolina, you got any down there, then you hear me and they don't want to be down there. You tell them, come next time you talk to them, they don't have to work in nursery ministry no more. I'm coming bold. I don't want nobody doing nothing. That you ain't doing it with gladness and you don't feel like you owe God. Amen. Y'all should be all right with that. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.